Welcome to Voices, a podcast brought to you by the Seneca Valley School District. I'm Jeff Krakoff, here today with Fred Peterson, who's part of the Seneca Valley Return to School Steering Committee. Uh, Fred, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, I, I know in addition to being part of this steering committee, you've been in the district for a while. So, you know, tell me a little bit about your history, and, and I, I, I believe you have children who have gone through the district. Um, we do. My wife and I have two boys, both grown now, but they both went through um, pretty much their full 12 years at Seneca Valley. And um, once they were done, I, I'd always been sort of interested in the school board job. And uh, once they were done, I, I threw my hat in the ring and lo and behold, I got elected. So I'm in the middle of my second term now, about six years on the school board. Okay. Well, it, it becomes obvious when I look at your bio why they would want you to be part of the steering committee. Um, you earned your bachelor's degree from Tufts in sociology and education, went on to earn a master's from Yale University in public uh, health. And before retiring a few years ago, you were executive director of the Regional Emergency Medical Services Agency. So you've, you've got the professional background in public health and education, and you've been a parent in the district. So you can see this from every perspective. Um, so tell me about, about the process. I understand there are more than 30 people involved in the steering committee. Um, give us an overview of what the process was like. Sure. Um, I, I will freely admit that I was um, flattered to be asked um, to serve on the, the, the back to school committee. But once I found out there were 30 plus people, I thought, oh, gee, this is not going to be good. This is going to be a lot of uh, sort of um, people talking over each other and whatnot. And I have to tell you, Jeff, that um, the, the administration organized this process incredibly well. And that organization was sort of tactically carried out by Dr. Roberts and Dr. Polano. So that every session, we met Mondays and Wednesdays from 1 to 2.30 for, I think, six weeks. Um, covered two components in each meeting. And uh, Dr. Roberts and Polano really guided us, led the discussions. I, I think everybody got, a, got uh, to say what they wanted to say, but we didn't get sidetracked. We, they kept us really on task. Okay. So it's a good experience. Yeah, I, I know just watching around the Pittsburgh area and nationally, a lot of school districts are struggling with what is our plan. A lot of districts are announcing very early, this is what we're going to do. Behold, things change. Tell me about a little bit of the process of, of having all these people involved in initial conversations versus trying to get it, a solution quickly without all this sure. input. Sure. Um, I, I give credit to the administration for having the patience to carry this out over multiple weeks. Um, each time we met, we had, as I mentioned before, there were usually two components. So transportation and food services would be a day, and um, elementary curriculum and uh, athletics would be another day. So we'd cover each of those in about an hour and then have a half an hour for discussion. And each session was um, guided by a series of questions, not, not statements, not this is what we're going to do, yes or no, but here's an issue, let's talk about it. And as I said, the, the two facilitators did a great job of, um, I think, mining the, the, the thoughts and 
perspectives of everybody that participated. And it was a very um, uh, heterogeneous group. Uh, you know, there are a lot of obviously school people, but there were parents and there were community representatives and there were two of us from the school board. So a lot of perspectives were represented. Okay. So you've got a lot of experts in different fields. You mentioned everything from nutrition to different levels of school to transportation. Tell us about the evolution from talking about very specific topics of interest and how you end up with something that could be implemented from a system-wide, school district-wide approach. I think it's fair to say that, like many of these kinds of things, everybody came in with their little folder and, you know, their yellow line pad or their, their uh, computer and were sort of parochially focused on their piece of the pie. Um, and, and that's good because they were advocates for what they do every day. But it didn't take too terribly long, just a few weeks into this process, where I, I could really see from the school board perspective all these different people and all these different voices starting to work in sort of an interdigitated fashion that now I was not just talking about my part, but my part's impact on your part or how you could help me get my part to function better. And I think by the time we were done, we went from a series of sort of department level conversations to a real uh, whole school concept of how we can best keep the kids safe, get them back into school, and quite frankly, um, be cognizant of the fact that we've got hundreds of staff people, teachers, paraprofessionals, um, you know, some maintenance people, the, the folks that work in the kitchens. All of these people, too, were sort of uh, needed, to, their needs needed to be recognized and their voices needed to be heard. So, so again, it went from, I'm here to advocate for my piece to I'm here to make this whole system work as one. It was a great experience. So it, it had to have been. So let's talk a little bit about when people think of a school district, they think of, hey, our primary issue is education. But as we know, a school district is such a vital part of the fabric of, of the community. What kind of conversations were there about the school system outside of just the mission of, of sure. educating kids? Sure. Um, I'm a list maker. I, I have to organize my life around sort of longitudinal logic. And after a couple of weeks into this, I, I came to think of three big chunks in this process. The obvious one was our essential mission of providing an education to kids from K through 12. Um, the second piece of it was, as we just talked about, meeting the needs of all of our staff people and making sure they were safe and that they were able to carry out their functions. <clears throat> the third piece, though, was um, <clears throat> a little bit more difficult to, to wrap my head around, and that's all the services that are provided to kids um, aside from learning their ABCs. So, for instance, an enormous number of kids get their breakfasts and lunches through school. Um, if they didn't have those lunches, they probably wouldn't eat, or they'd be eating macaroni and cheese out of a box three meals a day. Um, the the um, the mental health issues, the school psychologists, the social workers, the physical and occupational and speech therapists, 
Um, the, the list just goes on and on of all these services that the school provides. And even in a meeting last night, we were talking about the physical buildings being a community resource and how we're really reluctant to open the, the buildings up because of the, the potential contamination by the virus. So it really drove home to me that yes, we need to educate kids. That's absolutely imperative. Secondly, we need to keep everybody safe so that uh, for, for the obvious reason of wanting to keep people safe, but so that the, the system would continue to function. And thirdly, we needed to recognize that there's a lot more going on sort of behind the scenes that was very, very important to keep functioning. Great point. So I have to ask you this. I, I don't think there's a parent that's going to listen to this or anybody that lives within the, uh, the school district. Probably not a day, a few days goes by when something doesn't change, whether it's federal, state, county, local guidelines. How in the world have you and the rest of the committee dealt with this dynamic fact that things are changing and evolving constantly to, to come up with, with a, a good solution to get back to school? Well, I think this is where the dumb good luck of my having a background in public health probably, I was a little bit of a value add. Um, all kinds of strange words we're using every day now, like epidemiology and and uh, viral load and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's fair to say that the people on this committee were very eager to, to hear and learn about and respect this uh, outbreak. And of course, every week it was a different scenario because the, the, the virus kept going and going and going. So um, I think that uh, there was a tremendous tolerance, maybe that's the word I'm looking for, on the part of um, everyone that I've worked with in the school system, both on the committee and, and in the administration, to understand that at any given morning, there may be a, a need to, to pivot. We keep using that word pivot um, because something new has been discovered or something new has happened in the evolution of the, the uh, pandemic. Uh, and that's a real challenge. That's a very real challenge. There's lots of different parts and pieces that have to come together um, in the face of lots of different challenges. There's, sometimes in public health, we talk about multifactorial causation, that um, it, it, if we could only just see the endpoint, we could get there, but we don't know the endpoint. So we have to keep um, planning strategically, keeping ourselves informed, being tolerant of the need to change as new things come along. And again, I, I found uh, that challenge for me professionally <clears throat> was, um, I don't want to say it was good, it was stimulating. It made me think, it made me go back to my roots. Um, but I think for other people, uh, it was equally intellectually challenging as well as operationally challenging. All right. So I'm sure that you've heard from, whether it be staff, uh, parents, administrators, concerns about how do you best create a safe and effective learning environment? That's what it's all about. If you had to leave us with one comment to any, anybody listening to this, what would you say? Well, two things come to mind. One is um, we've kind of lost the adjective novel. It's a novel coronavirus. It's new. We've only got in the world about six months, I guess, experience with it. So we have to be ready to pivot often, but the, the basic public health tools are a face mask, 
good bottle of soap to wash your hands and to be able to hold your arm out and say, okay, I'm six feet away from the person next to me. Social distancing, wearing a mask, washing your hands, maintaining a, a clean environment. Um, I couldn't encourage people more. I, I give you your public health merit badge if, if you can pass those three tests. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. It does make sense. La last questions. What is next for the uh, steering committee? Well, uh, the steering committee has, has stopped meeting. We accomplished our goals. We provided input to senior administration and the rest of my school board colleagues. And, um, you know, we've made the decision to do the cohort model, two days A through L, two days M through Z. Um, we've added to the um, real-time streaming of uh, the classroom activities. And I think we're, we're like everybody else, I feel like, feel like a broken record, but we're going to have to keep heads up constantly, keeping trying to keep ahead, uh, and then uh, being ready to change, uh, change as quickly as we need to, all the while keeping safety, uh, a safe environment in focus. Right. The old adage, the only constant is change, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Again, thanks, uh, Fred Peterson. Thanks so much for your time and information. And, and thanks for all the hard work you and every other member of the planning committee uh, has undertaken to, to make this go, going back to school. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Possible. Have a great day. You too.